we have to look at our lives and our business lives as a whole. It's not two separate things. And I think everything we've covered today pretty much says, look at yourself as a whole, integrate it into your business. Look at what's happening around you, integrate it into your business. If you want to help support others, you've got to reach for your oxygen mask first. And then you're in that strong place to support others. Try this bad boy out for science. You are welcome to take a seat at the table where we use a new lens, where humanity are stakeholders. Different distinctions encouraged, intention starts from a no-judgment zone. A certain age is not criteria, and where you become comfortable with the uncomfortable to facilitate a new conversation. Welcome to the decision table, and I'm so excited you're here, Susanna. We're either going to have a very quiet conversation, or it is going to be awesome, because I hear you're a claimed introvert. Yes, yeah, very much so. And it's lovely to be here as we're spanning the globe. I'm just really happy that my understanding, because I'm calling in from the UK, you're in Australia and been suffering quite a lot of bad weather of late. So yeah, look, it's crazy over here. We've had floods where we are here up in Queensland. And honestly, I have another property down in Sydney, so New South Wales, and it's just been hit. So yesterday was FaceTiming with my son who is in that property right now and watching as the floods hit down there and we're meant to be heading down there this weekend. So it is crazy times, not just here in Australia, not just the floods in what we're seeing, you know, humanity having to face. But, you know, there's also been some some pandemic or something going on. There's, you know, things happening over in the Ukraine that breaks the heart and, you know, you just want to be able to fix it all. How are you seeing it all? What are you seeing over there? Yeah, I'm seeing a huge sway of humanitarian support, actually, mm. which is just beautiful to see, as well as complete astonishment about how <laughs> how other people are reacting. But on the yeah. whole, everyone is so behind. And as we're recording right now, it's actually still International Women's Day here. I know, how good. I was going to mention that next. So, yeah. <laughs> so we've got to bring that along because there's been just a mm. huge swell of support as well. And also sort of calling out to all the women, all the female founders, but especially the Ukrainian women who are going through so much at the moment as well in terms of supporting family and children and all the stories linked to sort of the refugee status. And also what I love is in the business world is the ingenious ways people are finding to support others who need it and it's just getting those messages across. It's been lovely on LinkedIn as well, seeing a flood of support around the whole International Women's Day as well. So it's fantastic that, you know, I know you've just tipped over to the other side of the date calendar. No, I celebrated on both days. I was going to do a video later about it as well because, you know, my heart and soul uh, very much, I do a lot of work in the U.S., and, you know, have a lot of community in the US and friendships and also in Europe as well. 
and very much growing over there. So, you know, I just literally feel like a global child most of my life now. And, you know, I, I don't just relate to Aussie. I don't just relate to New Zealand. I relate very much. And, and I think that's why it hurts when so much of humanity is hurting, not just in our country here that I'm actually living in at the moment, but also, you know, across the globe. And, you know, before there was a thing called a pandemic, I was on the road and, you know, lived across the, the globe. We had been on the road for three and a half years officially and many years before that traveling. So, you know, it's, I think that's the hardest thing is you've got friends that are hurting. You've got mm. people that are, you know, going through challenges and you can't be there. So how do you think we should or could do support others better in ways when we feel like maybe maybe if we were there we could be more helpful but we're not right now? I think, I mean, like yourself, I too, I mean, fun fact, I lived in Sydney as a kid and wow. I, I actually lived three years in Australia. I've lived in America lived in Switzerland, mm. I've lived in France. So like you, very much a global citizen. Yeah. And throughout my life, I faced that same question because quite often I found myself on another continent to those that you can reach and help out. And for me, it's about sometimes it's just those small acts of kindness that can send the ripples that go very far. And rather than keeping things internally, which I must admit, mm. as an introvert, is like that is my focus with my clients as well. But it's we have a tendency that we think lots internally, and sometimes I've noticed that we forget, that. <laughs> <laughs> we forget to say it out loud. And so for me, it's more taking in that practice of gratitude. And yeah. so even on sort of when you see that people are hurting, all it takes is often just a small message of kindness or sending something very small. And even when it comes to humanitarian crises, I do yeah. know that it's, you know, however little, even if it's only a dollar, that if you donate to one of the big humanitarian, like the global, there's the Disaster Emergency Relief Committee, that they can put the money to the right places. What I've learned along the way, and I was reading an article actually earlier this week about how when people want to send clothes and fooding and things, that's kind of a misplaced help because the problem mm. that happens within that, as much as people, you know, it's yes, people need some of those things, but then there becomes this huge logistical nightmare of yeah. where do you store it all? How do you get it to the people? And you yeah. need people to transport it all. Whereas quite often in these humanitarian situations, like if someone's lost their home, they're sat on the roof, normally money is the best way because then they can say, actually, we can spend that because what you need is either your medicines or your sort of diapers or your baby care or there's different things even though, you know, sometimes people get, oh, but money's a bit crude. Actually, it's what keeps the world spinning. And for yeah. those of us in business, quite often it's why we're in business. Because once you've developed a certain income, you can then look to support charities and 
one of the things I love to do as well, I don't know if you've heard of the organization Kiva, which supports women entrepreneurs and third mm. world countries, is once you're then earning, you can say actually a percentage, I'm going to yeah. pass that forward and support other women. And particularly with the environmental and global sort of sustainability want, Mm-hmm. Even the UN today is part of International Women's Day is yeah. linking with global sustainability and they know that women hold the power for that sustainability and helping you know everyone get an education, have their own businesses, earn their own money. There's a lot of power in women to do that. All right, you are bringing up so many juicy pieces for us to play with. And, you know, part of that is I love the fact we're having this conversation around the fact that, you know, building business is a good thing. When we have access to finance, this is a great thing. And I think this is really key for women to have the support that they need to be able to do the things they want to do or give into those other things. I think the worst thing is, and it breaks my heart when I go for that moment and I flinch because I go, oh, I wish I had the money because I wouldn't want to go and give this over there. I hated that feeling. I really hated that feeling. I wanted to know that I didn't just have enough finances for myself but that I had overflow of finances so that I could be able to, when I see a need, be able to give in. And this is the thing. And so you've got me riled up on on International uh, Women's Day because here's the thing. I think this is just so key is I'm really tired of people going when we talk about humanitarian things. That is a separate issue. And then we go and we talk in the business world. I don't think it should be one or the other. I believe that the better we are at being able to access resources, tools, and be able to create, you know, streams of economy coming into our ecosystems, the more beneficial that is for the human race. Why? Because we can have that domino effect where Mm. we have access to help, we can be of service to other people. When you have overflow, you can give from the overflow rather than going, hey, I'd love to help you, but sorry, I've got to feed my family. By the way, that's really important. And please feed your family first. You heard me. And I think you can feed your family well and have all the things that you need and be able to be of service to other humans. Because one of the things that we are seeing and I think is so powerful and needs to even be something that I think needs to be worked on in the the reign of females, of in the, you know, what females are meant to be doing, that I think that we have to support each other better. And one of the ways we can support each other is giving back into other females' businesses, is supporting a female if they are needing some, you know, access to something that maybe they've never known before. And I think we can do that better as we continue to keep celebrating International Women's Day, you know, for years to come. I don't know about you, but I love where women have come to at this space in time right now. But I still think 
there is much to be done. Oh, there is a long way. Very sadly, I say that, but I think there is still a long way to go. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I would love us to just celebrate great leaders, great business people, actually remove the gender. That to me would show success. Oh, that wouldn't that be awesome? Equality, absolutely, through and through. And one of my deeper missions in my goal as to why I set up my own business as well as I have two daughters is Um, I always thought, I remember back when I was in my 20s, I'm about to turn 50 actually on Friday and I've been doing this. You're beating me to it. I'm almost there. So Uh, happy birthday for Friday. Thank you. And it's like, so you go in a bit of a reflective space, Mm. right, when you're getting close to 50. You kind of do, don't you? (laughs) And I remember thinking in 20, it's like, no, Mm. I'm going to beat the gender pay gap. I'm going to get there and it's going to happen for me and my generation. Sadly, I'm not seeing it yet. So I'm now saying I want to see gender pay equality in my lifetime. Mm. So at least my children aren't fighting the same battles. But now my eldest is 18, you know, soon to go into the world of work, sort of post doing some form of university. But again, been completely scuppered with a thing called pandemic and what to do and everything and you just see the same issues being fought generation after generation and yes it's so much better in one way now Mm. but there's still so much work to do and I believe it's probably realistically going to take another 20 years because I think there's this upper echelon of management and business owners who are in their sort of basically 55 through to 75 right now and it's still holding that way because naturally it takes time for people to work up the ranks and you need all those steps along the way to reach the top and if well, you, you so fail, here's another thought and I just want to jam this in here and interrupt because there I just think there's something really really cool in what you're saying there And I've got some thinking on that that I just want to push in there before we move to the next pieces of what you were going to say there. Because here's the thing. I love the whole, you know, narrowing that gap of pay, right? But I think we have power to be able to do this without going up all of those levels. And here's how I think we need to do it. I think women need to support other women. And I think women could pay really well other women to be in their company, in their organization, in their business. And why wait for it to go up those levels if we were supporting each other in better ways, we would be bringing on that next woman to be that CFO or we would be bringing on that woman to be the next CEO of your company, whatever it is. And I think we can wait. And yes, I agree. We, it, there are layers and there's so much we could wait and do and work through, but there is generational sort of and hierarchy and archaic systems. And who has the time for that? I don't know about you, but my life and my Not schedule us. is packed to the brim. And I know as a female and lots of females in my world, the same thing is you know happening so what if females were to support each other better stronger and be the answer that we're looking for so you want more people at the table 
invite more females to the table. You want females to add value at the table? Get resourced, get tooled. If you don't know what you don't know, go find out what that is. Get, we have so much access nowadays to be able to have as much smarts at the table as any other person. Oh, absolutely. I don't believe females are doing that as much as they possibly can. I don't even know if they know they can do it, but I'm telling every female out there as my gift to you today on International Women's Day, we have permission to go and find out, to be who we're meant to be, to get tooled up, resourced, strategic in how we do it, and we can have a seat at the table. We just need to be willing to be at the table. Absolutely, 100%. And where I was going to... I'd say move on to the second point is yeah. that like the big, big corporations where traditionally have these ladders. Of course. But what I am seeing is there are millions of women starting their own businesses and mm. making a difference from the ground up and doing exactly as you just shared, supporting each other, collaborating and paying each other what they're worth because yeah. there's also something that so many women don't charge what they're worth, basically. Okay, let's stop there for a second. Have you been guilty of it? I have. Yeah. In fact, I got caught on it literally a week ago. Mm. Yeah, and this is why I think we need to have that open in conversation. I think we all suffer from it, mm. and I know I'm aware of it, but I still suffer from it. In okay, so, so, so top, top, why? Why? Let's pull that apart for a second. Oh, why is... And I'm going to think the same. Why have I maybe undervalued my services and gone, oh, I can't charge that amount? I think for myself is, and I see this with a lot of similar women who are in a service-based coaching style business, you're yeah. coming from a place of wanting to facilitate transformation and change and see impact Mm -hmm. And so the humanitarian side again, yeah. Yeah, and I think because it's linked to that humanitarian side, there's something mm -hmm. that's been pushed into us since we were a child, that that's charitable, that it's, you mm -hmm. know, you've got to give away. It's, you know, you're giving away the value and it's very hard, I think, sometimes to hold your knowledge, your love, your enthusiasm, your compassion to help someone else behind a payment gate and mm -hmm. as a woman just go no I'm not supporting you until you've paid me 10,000 or whatever it is whereas I feel that men who I speak to don't have such a hard issue putting up that firm payment mm -hmm. gate and it's one of those things I think you know when we're in a conversation we just want to support and help and you see the need and I think maybe it's just part of some of the sort of inbuilt female nurturing disposition. I know, but how do we change that? Way. Because here's the thing. Is it yeah. serving us? Is it like if we go back to some of the things that I said earlier, I get that it, the humanitarian side is important. My whole work is around that with making humanities humans as stakeholders when we're making decisions, you know, humanity as stakeholders. Here's the thing. Like everyone gets lost in that and we get stuck in this humanitarian yeah. side. 
But it's like I said before, it goes back to it's not one or the other. We still have to make really smart business decisions. We need to have access to great economy streams in our ecosystem. Why do we go back to something that has maybe not served us as a female trait? And yet something that I love about having so many great males in my world means that I get to learn some of the things that they find so easy to do. And this is literally, it's on my list of this video that I was going to do today, of one of the things that I think is really important for us as females is mm -hmm. to learn some of these things that work for the males. And that is they have no problem charging. They have no problem walking away if you say no. And they will go and find someone else because they know their value. And I think that it comes back to that on many cases. And in my case, I actually know the value I bring in the work that I do. What I don't know that I was certain about a week ago when I was caught on this was that others will see that value. So I yeah. know I have the value, but because what I do and what I bring is quite very different in many, many spaces, it's not for everyone. Because I do this, I call things, I am, there is no mucking around with me, I'm extremely strategic, I can think and play as big as you want and come right back to just where you're at now and we can move it along. That's not for everybody. So I think for me, one of the things that stopped it from putting that beautiful price tag on it as an investment in my work was the fact that I didn't know that others would see that value. Hmm. And I, I wonder if I'm not the only one. I think that's a great piece of self-awareness that you've pulled out of that and I do think it is that disconnect between, like yourself, I am incredibly confident. I know and I see the value and mm. the things when I'm working with clients, I say that I love seeing the sparklers going off in their minds as you're yeah. connecting the dots for them. And it's like you're opening opportunities. And there's huge value in that because you are bringing sort of 30 years experience in my yeah. case together to someone to help them speed up a process but I think it's when you work in maybe this more intangible space it's mm. hard to put a dollar value on top of it because you're going well how do I value that expertise and that's something I think with women we struggle with more than I see men struggling with how to get out of it I just forever, I'm sort of seeing it as an elastic band that I just sort of slowly stretch a little bit further and then you get more comfortable you stretch it a bit more and then you sort of grow into the space. I think it's very hard for a woman to step up and out and go, right, and this is my price. And it's sort of right up there without having had some reassurance along the way and I think that's some of the nervousness I wish it wasn't like that but I'm not in the mindset coaching space I'm far <laughs> more in the business strategy space and I love giving practical solutions but I feel this is a real mindset strategy coaching space that I do know some amazing women are working with 
and absolutely killing it. So I would say to anyone who's struggling in this, you know, look out to those women who have some of those answers that were sort of dancing a little around right now. It's funny you say dancing, but like I literally, I think we have to ask these questions. I think we have to have these conversations around, well, what is it that makes us undervalue at times? And I think one of the reasons that if we switch it on the other side, why others don't undervalue is because they're really specific around that genius that they are bringing to the table. What I mean by that, I remember for years, I was known as a motivational, inspirational. And I always joke about this and I go, yeah, motivational, inspirational. I felt like I was the Muppet show, right? Like literally, you know, and, and I was like, I'd get this amazing feedback from being this awesome speaker. I love the fact I just sang right then. Anyway, and, you know, it was like, okay, cool. And I go, no, because like the feedback was, you're so motivational, you're so inspirational. And I'd, I'd call people on it and go, so what motivated you about what I said? What was it that inspired? I don't know, but it was so good and your stories were just amazing. I used to be able to tell stories a lot. I stopped telling stories because I felt that people would get lost in the story. Mm-hmm. And, and that was the problem, that we can start conversations, we can start, you know, like relate to each other because you've got a story, I've got a story, let's connect on that piece. What we're not seeing is actually solutions to the problems that we're wanting to see change. And I think that is an interesting thing And so when I was speaking, going back to that story, when I was speaking on stages, I was very much telling a lot about my story. And anyone and anyone that listens to the show will can piece together so much of my story because I always, you know, bring it up when I need to at different spaces because I've got nothing to hide in that way. And if someone can learn from my story, then maybe, maybe it was worth going through it all. But here's the thing that I have learned and what I did. When I was watching that, particularly here in Australia rather than in the States, it was a little bit different there for me on the speaking stage. In fact, I did a lot more speaking over there than I did here. But one of the things that I saw here in Australia, this was when I had moved out of speaking to youth. I I did that for many, many years and in the business world was one of the differences I saw in speaking here was the females. Man, we can rattle on. Man, we've got a lot to say. It was all good. But I have no idea what the point was. I have no idea what they really do, how they could help me. And I really don't, I I think, wow, I want to know that person because they sound like a cool person. But every time a male got on that stage, I knew what they stood for. I knew how they could help me. And I knew whether that was a good thing I wanted going forward or not. And I think we can learn from that a lot. Absolutely, yeah. A lot. Because one of the things that when, and this is another point that's on my video that's going to come later, and that is that you are already seen and heard. It's just what are we seeing and hearing about you? Like, and, and I think that's a really interesting point. And what I'm talking about in that case is when you are at the table, you have a seat at that table and you are, well, 
it's questionable. Are you adding value? Right? And I think it's this piece that I go, one of the things that I know is whether you like it or not or you want it or not, you know what it is that the value add is from the other male counterparts. And as a female, we need to know. What is it? What is it you're adding? What is that genius zone that you bring that's different to every other female or male? Whatever it is, right? Like, And there again, we go back into let's get that gender out and just bring our distinctions. But what I'm saying is, and because it's International Women's Day, I am speaking from a female point of view because I'm a female. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, and I think linked to that, because one of the biggest things, <laughs> probably my clients go, oh, you're always banging on about it. And it's about being clear on your message. I think that's the core mm. of what you're talking about when people are speaking on stage is success comes when you're really focused on what your core message is, as you say, your core zone of genius, mm. how you really want to direct people. And I see a lot of women who are very, particularly female business owners, they're multi-passionate and they really struggle with this focus down onto one message because there's a lot of, yes, but I can do this, 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 and this. And it's like there's shiny objects floating all around. Mm. But that doesn't bring in the, say, the confidence and therefore the money, and the income, the collaborations. Whereas when you've got a really clear message, people can go, yes, I know what you stand for mm. and I want to work with you. And that is really key. And I see it as really much, very much, the foundations of every business and it's where in my work and my mantra for 2022 is get out of your head and into action for my clients because I know they overthink there's I just had the worst thinking when you said that get out of your head and into bed I was like where did I just go with that one sorry <laughs> have to say it no filter Keep no going. not into bed into action <laughs> oh, well Hey, I don't know about you. Anyway, keep moving on. <laughs> and it's one of the quotes that I really love is that, you know, you have your business dreams and you have two choices in the morning. You can either stay in bed dreaming about them or yeah. you can take action and make your dreams happen. And I think this is where it's really important to get out of our heads and just try. And one of the things linked with this yeah. as well is a bit of reframing I'd love to share with the listeners that instead yeah. of being emotionally sort of connected to what success means to you and hanging all your baggage on certain things is instead to think about failing fast and that whatever you're doing they're like a quick series of experiments mm -hmm. and have fun with it play with it and just see what hits and when something hits that's the thing you run with. And then once you've proven it, this also then helps you with yeah. the pricing piece as well, because you go, okay, that's what people are leaping on. And the overthinkers, the procrastinators, the perfectionists of the world, there's many of us. And we just have to learn to kind of get over this emotional entanglement we have with the word success, because we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. 
And I see this far more with women as well, that we put an immense amount of pressure on ourselves, which makes it really hard to have fun. Give an example how we do that. Like, how do you see that play out? How we put the pressure on ourselves. Yeah, whether yourself as an example or others. So how I see it is that we're very harsh on ourselves and are always Mm. maybe forward facing and not taking the time to actually see how far we've come and we normally have many successes along the way and it's something that I will now purposely with my mastermind clients will say right what can you celebrate in the last month where have you come in the last three months in the last six months and what's really funny is at the start of all these calls people go Hmm. no, not much has happened. No, I haven't really got anywhere. And then suddenly it goes, tick, 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 tick. oh, well, I landed this like $10,000 client. Mm. Oh, I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's about celebrating yes. the pieces as you go along. And then that builds back into that pricing piece of knowing your worth and showing your worth because mm. you also have to be seen to sell when it comes to being a business. And I think women tend to just, it all kind of gets internalized. They don't like, it's seen as bragging or boasting. Whereas in fact, people are drawn to people who they see successful. So if a business is super popular, it's in media or articles, then people rush towards it because it's seen as popular. So Mm, you've got to learn to sort of step out of yourself and share your successes as well. And that helps cut through some of that perfectionism because you're reminding your brain, oh, actually, I can do this. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I got this. You know? Yes. <laughs> so here's the thing. You know, I talk about this a lot in my work because I think there's, you know, part of the hope for the future in leadership across the human race, to be honest, is this, this whole approach and a need for a new approach and leave the old approach behind kind of thing. I'm, you know, from our conversation, one of the things that I'm pulling out right now is part of that new approach, I feel, is we need to redefine what it is that, as a female, that we can turn up as. So if you think about some of the things that we've already brought up, like expectations, whether they're too much on ourselves because we put those on or whether society puts that on us. I think that's an interesting one. Valuing, you know, and maybe in the old approach, we didn't value ourselves enough and we didn't feel that we had value to add. And the new approach is that we do actually come confidently knowing that we have our own genius zones, our distinctions we bring to the table that adds value. What are some of the other things that we've brought up? Because I think there's just so many, and it brings it back to this, right? That the old way was this, but part of the change that we want to see is is a new approach. And that means that we have already permission at the table. We want to know, you know, how are you going to turn up? How are you going to show up? What's that going to look like? What? How do you want? And one of the things in my video that I'm going to be doing as well is, I believe we are the role model to what the new approach to being a strong woman, being able to celebrate women. And, you know, when I look back at my life, go, hey, I lived my life the best I possibly could. Yeah. 
Yeah, one of my favorite quotes of all time is be the change you want to see. Yeah. Because if we all take those small pieces of change, and I think one of the changes I'm definitely seeing more and more across all business sizes is there is a new form of leadership coming forward. I think the yeah. old sort of dictatorial, you know, those who shout the loudest, that is luckily disappearing because it doesn't work in really any situation for any yeah. personality type. At the end of the day, it's I'm seeing a lot more inclusivity and diversity, which is wonderful because one of my sort of core philosophies is you've got to be aligned to yourself. You've got to set mm -hmm. your business up. Like, don't pretend to be someone you're not because one is exhausting. And you I can't do it. I don't know if you notice. I just can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I've given up. Exactly. And, but, you know, at what point? <laughs> I then ask the question of you, you know, did you decide to give up and just be yourself? It's like that comes a bit with wisdom with age and that you still see it across social media that those who are still in their 20s kind of feel there's a lot of pretense going on and probably worse because they've grown up with social media all around them. I mean, luckily for ourselves, because you've let on that you're getting close to the 50 as well. But I am. we didn't have social media when we were at school. We could leave school. I wasn't allowed to. I own. mean, I didn't have a phone. I wasn't even allowed to watch TV. Uh, I wasn't even allowed to watch and listen to cassette tapes. Like, that's oh, yeah. how old I am. Oh, absolutely. You know, we had this and, you know, in the UK when I was growing up, yeah, we had three channels and it was a big thing when Channel 4 came in. Woo! You know, And now it's so many multi-streaming. And yeah. I think this is also, we're in a very different age and space that mm. all of us are consuming so much content on a daily basis that we're absorbing so much. It becomes a lot harder I think, to become very focused and stay focused. I think there's so much distraction yeah. and more Good and more point. people are wanting to listen to people with clear, focused and very sort of niched messages because mm -hmm. they want to find the person who gets them. They don't want to go no, to somebody true. who fixes everyone. And it's so, so important. And I think the best thing you can do in business is actually be like a magnet, which means you'll attract some and you repel others. You and then I'm doing that well. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what you want because those who love you will love you. Yeah. And if they don't love you, they can yeah. walk on by. And there's something. Okay, let's talk to everyone. that for a minute because I know I had to go through this. If they don't love you, it doesn't matter. And I think, you know, Maybe it's the mama bear in me. Maybe it's the, the Gigi in me that I love when everyone's happy and everyone's happy around me. And, you know, when someone doesn't love you, your first, like it's actually, I don't go, oh, they don't love me. That means I really suck. I go, oh, they don't love me. That means I'm not keeping them happy or I'm not able to, uh, you, bring you know. You. Yes. And so I had to go through that a lot in, in my journey as a businesswoman because that wasn't an easy thing for me to walk away 
even it wasn't that I had to they you know they needed to come into my community or be working with me or whatever I just wanted to know that I had helped them and that they hadn't walked away upset or unhappy or you know and I had to learn that there were times and I think this is still a learning ground for me in the fact that I have to make sure I don't go back to my default systems on this and that is to keep making sure that I know who I do serve and I'm going to serve them really well. And I know that if I don't and not the right person to serve you, I know a lot of people in my world now that I can help direct you to. And there's no, like, awkwardness. There's no, like, you know, and if you just want to keep on the outside of what I do, that's okay too. I need some fan clubs. So, like, just keep being my fan, you know, kind of thing. Like, just champion me on as I'm doing my journey and I'll do the same for you as you do your journey. And I think when I learned that those things were ways that mean that everyone doesn't love you, everyone doesn't need to come on the journey with you, everyone doesn't have to be your biggest fan, but we can still live in harmony. (laughs) And we can still feel like we're not ruining people's lives when we walk away from them. Yeah, wise words. And it's a struggle for many, absolutely, in being able to step aside. And I think, I don't know, I've got some kind of unique setup inside my brain that I've actually never worried about what other people think. And I don't know whether this is because... I got quite resilient very early on. I sort of mentioned earlier that I've lived in many places around the world. And I got bullied severely. When I left Australia, Mm -hmm. I had the strongest Australian accent, came back to the UK. I got bullied for that, absolutely. And so I learned at the age of eight Mm -hmm. to go, okay, like I can't deal with this. That's their issue. And then later when I got into secondary school, I've got a natural intelligence that apparently I scared other people with it because I wasn't particularly trying myself, but people would then, you know, you'd get called all the names which intelligent people at the time were from the mildest of being, oh, you square or you're weird or or various things like that. And I learned at that time to the way to deal with the bullies was just to Mm. agree with them go, yes, I am. I can't Mm. help it. Can you help me? Can you help me get better? And a bully does not know how to respond to that passive agreement because what they want is a reaction. They want you to go into tears. They want you to run away. They want to feel superior. Whereas if you just go from a very much an agreement space that you just basically take away all that ammunition that they Mm. have and then they then leave you alone and that's something I've since passed on to my own children because my first child was born in France the second in Switzerland America moved around so they had this same school transition issue where other kids would pick on them because they were different Mm. and so I think by the time I got into the workplace and running my own business which I did Quite early on, I did work for another company initially, but I, and one of the phrases I adore is when you say you're unemployable because you've got a mission in your head. You want to go down that route, but it's not for everyone. 
you know, no. there's a reason there's lots of employees. And it's employees. definitely not for me. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you know, you've got to understand who you yeah. are. And I had a deep love for psychology and right from like the age of 14, I used yeah. to immerse myself in the local library and read all the psychology books. So I had this deep understanding of who I was and all this psychology, the personality mm. profiling way back when, as so I'm talking the 1980s here. So it was way before there's been this surge of awareness in the last 10 years, yeah. far more so. And I feel myself really blessed that I had that journey because when I'm talking to other business owners, one mm -hmm. of the things they say, and I'm sure you found this, it's a real voyage of personal discovery as mm -hmm. much as business discovery as you understand, well, what am I good at? What is in my flow? What is my zone of genius? And what should I be outsourcing right from the start? You know, you mm -hmm. should be going there. And that's obviously when we should be bringing in those fellow experts, fellow female experts, yeah. yes. supporting them. And I saying, think we should do that more. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, very much so. And it's about being... But here's the thing, I think females have to identify as an expert in their area so that we can bring more in. So there's the challenge out there. Yeah, let's throw that gauntlet down mm -hmm. today. Yeah, and maybe totally. ask anyone who's listening, what are you an expert in? Yeah. Can you share with us? I yeah. am an expert in X. Mm. Especially Let in the replay. Know. I find a lot of people will do things in replay and in the podcast. That's where a lot of people are going to listen to this. So if you're listening, one of the listeners, either in the replay or the podcast, I'd love to know. We would love to know. Yeah. Exactly that. Okay, here's the thing, and I think this is really, it's such a, this has been such a fascinating conversation for me, and I truly believe it. like it has been because I know you're a smart person because it's been easy for me to play in question back and forward on some of these things because I think one of the things that you have talked a lot about is awareness and you obviously do have a lot of awareness and you're willing to also be curious. And I think we have to be more curious in the conversations that we're having. We don't have it all sorted. We're not like, you know, these women that have it all together that, although I, it is annoying me that you've got every book color coordinated at behind you there perfect those flowers are sitting in the right can you just move that sign just a little so it doesn't look perfect right now because I think that is ruining it for this new approach to females I think as a female we have to learn to not have things perfect and I'm a reform perfectionist I'm always dealing with okay just it's not quite perfect, but it's going to be better to get it out or happening or, or you know, just be you. And I think that was the day that I could turn up and just be me was the best day. So sometimes I will force myself after a workout to do a live or do something because I think part of role modelling of what it can look like for us and what it is really truly like is that sometimes it's real, sometimes it's raw, sometimes it is just sweat and tears. And okay. I want to give kudos to you. I want to give kudos to every other female that is out there 
building their business, part of an organization, maybe running a non for profit or a movement who or is pioneering the next innovative solution. Kudos to you for backing yourself. And I think one of the things that I'm taking from our conversation today is I need to champion more females. And I'm going to do that in a more intentional way. And when I reflect back next year on International Women's Day, that I will have some great examples of how I've seen, you know, the results from championing more females in my world. So that's what I'm taking from our conversation. I'm going to ask you the one question that is always the same on this this table, and that is, what are you taking from our conversation? I'm taking away definitely the level of that I love about looking as humanity mixing in with the business as well, mm. that we have to look at our lives and our business lives as a whole. Yeah. It's not two separate things. And I think everything we've covered today pretty much says, look at yourself as a whole, integrate it into your yeah. business. Look at what's happening around you, integrate it into your business. If you want to help support others, you've got to reach for your oxygen mask first. Yeah. And then you're in that strong place yeah. to support others. Mm, love that. Okay, before I forget, for people, if they want to get to know you better, find out more about you, where do they do that? Because usually I do that before I ask that question, but I just realized I hadn't. I'm so into this conversation. It was like, <laughs> oh. That's great. I mean, the best place for people to find me, my website is my name, Susanna Ray, which is R-E-A-Y, if you're just listening to yeah. this. And also on Instagram, my handle is at Susanna Ray. So if you look at me, I mean, I'm also on LinkedIn and other places, but Instagram's where I really love. And you will see actually a lot of the behind the scenes, you keep it real. And you might be slightly irritated by what you're seeing behind. But no, it's not absolutely <laughs> perfect. There are little things in there. But it's okay, also tell me, where is that little color. thing that's not perfect in that background? For anyone that's listening on a podcast, she's got everything color coordinated. It looks just so perfect. So these letters are not actually evenly placed. Oh, yes, <laughs> I can see that now. That. There we go. The books are very much higgledy. Oh, I'm in the wrong place. That is a good point. See, I actually love pointing this out, and I'll tell you why I think this is important. Because when we first look, we go, all we see is perfection. All we see is everything that is working. And I think this is such a great analogy for today, is if you look closely, those letters aren't all even. And the books are higgledy-piggledy. They're not even... In my case, in my bookshelf, by the way, back in Sydney, I've got one that looks like that. And so I'm just joking with you on this one. But I just think, isn't it interesting, though, that all I saw was perfection when I looked at it. But now, if you look deeper, there's some imperfect ways. And I think that is so beautiful that the way we can role model as a female, the best way is to bring our whatever it is to the table, but know that none of us are perfect, that there is work always being done and that, you know, for me, leadership needs to be, as a new approach, 
all around evolving and being able to have conversations like, I've never met you before, had a conversation with you before, and yet I feel like I've got to know you so well on this conversation and I've really loved our conversation. And that is what I believe we can do with anyone and everything, and that's why I role model it here so that it is a great example of how we can keep evolving and Mm. learning And you're a new person in my world and now I've just, you know, spent some time with you and I've been learning and I feel that I've evolved as a leader. So that's, to me, that's the change that I want to see for us as females, which is part of the human race. And when we come to the table, there is no gender. There is humans at that table that bring their distinctions. And I think, imagine if, And I do dream of a world where we don't have to have these conversations around gender equality, racial tension, you know, the racial equality, same thing really, isn't it? That we don't have to have conversations around, you know, the powerful having control over the decision making and that you know, one day that we can be sitting at tables and knowing that we are seen, heard, and we have a voice. And I think today this is a perfect conversation on the decision table. Is there anything that you feel that we haven't talked about that maybe we should have? Or is there something that, like, you really wanted to say and I didn't ask that question? Uh, I'd love to hear it. I don't think so. I guess Mm. the only thing that I do know that sometimes it might be worth just bringing in because sometimes people ask me and they go, but I thought introverts were shy. Mm. And but you don't seem like an introvert. Oh, yes. (laughs) And this is one that I tend to just face because I call myself quite often a sociable introvert because The definition of introversion for your listeners, because you will see I sort of work and my methods are called the introvert way, is it's about how you harness your energies. And when we're more introverted in nature, we Mm. need to build and grow our energies when we're alone. And when we're outward facing, we lose energy. So if we attend big events, yes, we can do it. But afterwards, we're likely to take one or two days off to recover. And it's very different. And this is where that if you think you are more introverted in nature and you have a tendency of keeping everything in your head rather than speaking about it, then know that it is really important for you to be seen and heard, that you do clarify your message and bring it out because What I do know in all the conversations I've had is that if you're open and curious, it's you never know where those connections and you're only one connection away quite often to an amazing difference and impact that you can either have or experience in your own business. So Mm. don't sort of hide away. Let people see you and let the right people see you as well. So did you hide away at all in your life? 
So I have done absolutely at various points, but I think also my international world hopping life has sort of forced me out of that because I realized if I stayed home and was in my happy place, reading, consuming content and being very quiet, nobody's going to come knocking on my door. So I would then create instead. I'm okay with that, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, oh, yeah, like no one's going to come. But the thing is. Yay, I can be by myself. (laughs) But ultimately, we're humans, right? Let's go back to that human point. Yeah. And a core human trait is the need for connection and community. So even when we're introverted, we still want. It is very true. But we want one-on-one connection. You don't need a huge swathe of friends around you, but you do need one or two deep relationships. And as I've moved around, I would say the country I've lived in, I've probably got one or two deep relationships I built. It's the deep relationships. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, we go deep and narrow, and that happens and translates into business as well. You tend to find the introverted business owners go deep and narrow and become real experts in their field because they do an immense amount of research. And there's need for deep and narrow, but there's also the need for those who are more extroverted, which are more broad brush and can cover sort of many things at once because they've got an energy about them. And extroverts are great at running memberships which need that constant energy whereas introverts tend to be better at running course group programs which have a style isn't that interesting wow you're so you're so onto it I feel like you're just speaking my whole life right now (laughs) and so yeah so if you're listening just take a moment and think about yeah. How can you align your business to be the best you you can yeah. give your clients, basically? Yeah. So the other side of it is if you are an introvert and you don't want to be doing some of those things, make sure you know how to have great partnerships in your world. Yes. Because I have learned that that's not something I love doing, but I have great partnerships that that is their genius zone. And I think that is always the the thing to remember as well and I think you know it's so funny I never spoke about being an introvert for many many years and anyone that knew me as a young girl like and knew saw my reports they'd go she's so shy and has so much potential I'll never forget that like it was on almost every school report that I ever had but if you knew me in my circle I was kind of loud in my circle because I was like the rebel at the back of the room that wouldn't shut up because I was bored at school. I had no idea what they're talking about and I thought I was dumb because that's what everyone told me. And really, you know, one of the things that I think is just fascinating about the whole introvert piece is we didn't talk about extroverts, introverts as a kid growing up. We didn't talk about dyslexia. We didn't talk about the fact that when you actually you think really different to other people and are smart, that you're not going to understand what they're saying and fit in and be the same as everyone else. And at that time, and I just want to encourage you, Susanna, because I remember you saying this throughout and I wanted to make sure I said this, and that is that what was you were bullied about 
is now your genius zone. And your difference, your smartness is what I believe is part of what a new approach should be to leadership, that we have smart leaders making smart decisions and creating smart, sustainable solutions. I really do believe that. And where at one time, you know, we may have stood out in the crowd because we were different. That is the difference that is going to pioneer a new pathway forward. And I think kudos to you for staying true to who you are. And, you know, the whole introvert side, I so relate to that. Many in my world, when I say I'm an introvert, go, I can't see that. You're so good. Like I can be, you know, in one of our companies, I can be very much the hostess with the mostess. And why? Because I know that's what's needed right then and there. And I, you know, again, it's making sure that everyone in the room has what they need is able to do the next step of what is needed and required from them. And I think one of the things about that is not just being about a mama bear, but is because as an introvert, one of the worst things I hate is when someone asks me something and I have no idea how to answer that or what you're asking. And one of the old approaches, and I keep bringing it back to old approach because It has been something I've struggled with all my life and I never really wanted to be in leadership anyway. That's a whole different story. But it's always been on my life. And then I realized that if I didn't like the way leadership was going, maybe I could actually own that and go, okay, if I was in leadership and I loved leadership, how could that look? And so that's where I am and that's what I do. But one of the things about that, is that I think that, you know, in leadership, that we, we don't own the fact that sometimes we've just got to, if we have a vision beyond us and beyond ourselves, and this goes back to the humanity side of it, and we realise that, again, and I think this is a great full circle to finish up on, that, you know, We can build what we need for us, but it's beyond that and we need to have an overflow. And that from that overflow, we can give out from. Mm -hmm. And I think as a leader and an introverted leader, that if we are just building for ourselves, we can do that. But we always, and most introverts that I know and geniuses that I know are actually people who have such a heart for humanity and know that this is bigger than us. And when we turn up to conversations like this, we turn up because we know this is not about me. This is about maybe if you and I have a conversation, maybe if we're willing to get curious together, ask questions that maybe someone else could learn from that. And even if only one person gets to learn from this somewhere, somehow, then it was worth us coming and pulling ourselves out. So thank you. Thank you for coming out of your shell, out of your world and joining with my world today and across many waters and celebrating together International Women's Day. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a fascinating conversation and I love absolutely how you pulled that all together just now. And happy International Women's Day to everyone. 
Yes. I'm going to end this broadcast now, but don't you run away. Amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode. Make sure you subscribe, ensure you leave an awesome rating and review. Our hope is this podcast creates a new awareness, activates ownership to what is next, a curiosity for the need to be part of the change, and to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, then apply to join us at our next Leaders Movement Parlay. The link is in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to help build a tribe who make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, and movement changers. Big love until we see you on the next Decision Table Series podcast episode.